0: Uh, good evening. Uh, thank you for your warm welcome um, at Sarapta. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks to Alan and his wife for um, assisting to have me here. I almost missed my flight from PE, but just made it just on time. Um, and now I'm here. And I'm going to talk about the Bible and culture. Um, and because... These are issues that if we don't address in South Africa, being a multicultural society, we are not able to move forward and, and access the inheritance that God has for us. So I will start the session by playing a clip. It's just going to be a few minutes. I won't play the full clip. It's an interview I did in Cape Town at the station Cape, um, Cape Pulpit. Some of you know Radio Pulpit. They also have a branch in Cape Town. So they were interviewing me after the launch of my second book, Freed by God, but imprisoned by culture. So take a listen. A
1: book freed by this is a daily companion, seven to nine K Pulpit. Always a privilege to be speaking to author and Pastor Afrika Mlope. And once again the man has written a very intriguing book, Freed by God, but imprisoned by culture. Africa, good afternoon and welcome to K Pulpit.
2: Um, good afternoon. Thank you for having me on
1: Now, let us talk about your new book. Yes. It is... Just the title is rather interesting. Yeah. And this is the thing with you. You write books that are intriguing. You write books that, <laughs> that are slightly controversial, right? Yes.
2: Yeah, not that, of course, I'm seeking controversy, but... Uh, Dealing with stuff that by itself is a very controversial issue. My first book was The Christianity and the Veneration of Ancestors. And he asked, the subtitle was saying should a Christian consult the dead? And this one is a follow-up to that, freed by God but imprisoned by culture. Because essentially we are all cultural prisoners, uh, one way or the other.
1: And how you have to explain that?
2: First, the culture, um, we have to define what it is. Uh, typically your English dictionary would tell the culture is a way of life. The question that must now follow that is a way of life according to who mm-hmm. in other words who determines that who comes that with that way of life as your culture? and i conclude that culture is nothing else but you and i being governed by dead people is being ruled by dead people because you don't start culture you only follow it culture is started by a few but followed by many Um, So those who started the culture, and a lot of people don't buy into the idea, but it is Mm -hmm. actually historically true that culture is a man-made construct. Culture is not made in heaven, it's made on earth. That's why culture is different, because it takes the shape of the people who founded it, and it's based on the context and the environment that they were dealing with at the time. And so to follow a cultural system in an environment that has changed from the environment from which it was founded is a type of imprisonment.
1: Okay, now that is Africa for you, right? I'm already starting with heavy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, Africa, um, in your book, there's obviously in the contents page, I'm just having a quick browse here, and you say that we need to understand where we come from yes, for us to be unprisoned, unimprisoned. Yeah, yeah
2: well, one of the things that we, we make a big mistake of is when we talk about retracing our history or going back to our past, we're always talking about let's go back to our roots and ask the question, how far do we go? Because if we go back far enough, we would go back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. That's our common parent ancestor. So people conveniently go far back up to a few hundred years and they stop there. But your search for who you are doesn't stop a few hundred years ago. Or when your historical knowledge ends, mm-hmm. when your data ends, you do not just originate from 600 years ago from some ancestor. That person also originates from someone, and that person, and so on and so on, so until we get back to Adam. Now, we have to go back to the Bible and see what was God's intention for creating mankind in the Garden of Eden. And it makes it very clear in verse 26 of Genesis 1. Let's make man our image, and let him dominion the fish of the sea. And when he talks about this idea of creating man, two things you'd notice there. One, he doesn't define man as black and white. He just defines him as man. Because black or white are not spiritual times. They're not God's times. They're Mm -hmm. social, political times. They're man-made times to serve a political purpose. and nothing to do with what God says. God never speaks to you as a black or white person. You know, that's Mm -hmm. why. So, therefore, the idea of blackness or whiteness is man-made, and therefore you are born into it, and therefore you are forced to follow that idea, even though you did not subscribe to it. So you're born with a certain skin color, already with a preconditioned or predetermined idea of what it means to be black. And you have no participation or views mm-hmm. on that. You're supposed to just follow it. Why?
1: Why? That, that's a very good question. Why? I mean, we, we come into this world and we are human beings. Exactly. And then at some point, we then start to see the yes. to
0: Right. That's where we end. Um, so I'm going to just say a few thoughts. And we're going to continue tomorrow morning. And I'm going to give you some time for questions as well. I think that's important. And I'm going to share from Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Just one verse. Um, Paul writes this letter, very important letter, to address certain controversial issues that were affecting the church in Coloss. And, and so he writes, gives them a warning. He says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So Paul talks to this church, gives it a warning, that be careful, lest anyone will take you, parade you, will will take you captive through his own philosophical beliefs or traditions that are man-made that are not after Christ. So one of the things that we realize in South Africa is that each and every one of us has a demographic box. So you are born into the earth, free of culture. We're not born with culture, we're born into culture. When we are born, we are born as empty slate. No one knows, even if they are white or black. People tell you you are white or black. So the first thing that happens is this. When you fill up a form in South Africa, you have to tick your race. So there's demographic boxes that we are given. But God never gave us any box. He just said, let's make man our image. He didn't say, let's make a black man or a white man. He said, let's make man. Man qualifies the man as being black and white. God did not make Say I'm making a black man. He says, "Let's make men." Others call it a black man, or they call it a white man. So we have boxes. So we've got a box um, called white, a box called black, and we've got a box for coloured, box for Indian. Now I will not talk about the coloured box. Let me just say that right now before I say I won't talk about the coloured box. <laughs> People always ask me why don't talk about the coloured box. I tell them it's complicated. The box. I don't talk about. It. It's very complex. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Partly because um, it has elements of different boxes, but it's a wonderful box in a sense that I consider coloured people to be reconcilers because they stand between two. These are two dominant boxes in South Africa. There's any conflict in South Africa racially. It's between these two boxes. Coloured people are always in the middle, so they are reconcilers. They're in between two boxes. And of course, you've got Indian and all that, and all that. And but Indian people are not defined by the colour of their skin. Um, it just defines really where they come from, like like Chinese. But for, for black people they're not called Africans, they're called black people. And for white people they're not called Europeans, they're called white people. So there's a specific racial connotation and skin colour intonation where it defines specifically black and white. Okay? So these are the boxes. So now the important thing about it is that God did not make the box. He did not make he didn't create the box. Man made the box. But a product is not defined by its discoverer, but it's defined by its maker. So when you discover a product, you don't don't define a product you discover. You only ask the one who made the product, what is the product about? So you don't find a product and then say, this is is what it is. You actually cannot do that. The one who makes the product is the one who defines the product. So God did not define us. I want to emphasize this point. God never defined us as black or white, but men did. Now each definition, therefore the demographic box white, and black is man made. Therefore, even the condition, now, so each box ha, has certain conditions that define whiteness, certain conditions that define blackness. So, first, God did not make the box, and neither the conditions inside the box are made by God. So, whatever the people call white, define as a way of life, it is not made by God. Because even the box called white was not made by God. So when they tell us that culture is a way of life, the question is, a way of life according to who? In other words, who came up with it? Who made that way of life that you follow as culture? That's why I concluded in the interview that culture is nothing else but you and I being governed by dead people. It's being ruled by dead people. So whoever formed your culture rules over you from the grave. So you're a prisoner of a dead person. And the culture is started by few but followed by many. So whatever the culture is. Now culture is a filter through which we see the world. It's a greed, The greed in which... So, so it's your filter. So whatever filter that you're having before you is what you see your, the world through that filter. If the filter, therefore, is wrong, guess what? Your view of the world is wrong. Now, because culture is man-made and man is a sinner, therefore, whatever man produces is tainted by sin. Therefore, no culture is immune from the condition of man because man is a sinner. So there's no holy culture because man is not holy. So culture is not synchronicity. It's not untouchable. Because men made it, therefore men should evaluate it. Okay? So people have a problem when you talk about cultural issues. They think we should not touch them. But they forget that culture is made on earth, not in heaven. It's a social construct. And it's based on a certain context. So the people who made the culture made it based on a specific social environmental context, which context has changed, necessitating, therefore, that the culture also should change to keep up with the new context. But the people refuse to change, and they want to remain hidden or stuck in the certain cultural system. Interestingly, they don't want to remain in the certain cultural system in everything, like they don't want to use donkeys to travel. But they are, each, they are part of culture they don't want to change. Though many other parts have changed, but there are parts they will not change. They'll say, this is my culture. This is where I was born. This is where I come from. And then you hear in South Africa, it's a lot. Eh? People say, let's go back to where we come from. Let's go back to our roots. Let's go back to our foundation. And I asked the question, I said, yeah, let's go back. I agree. But how far back do you go? He said, yeah, let's go back. But let's go. But how far? Don't stop 600 years ago, 800 years ago, or when your historical knowledge ends. Because whatever ancestor you start counting yourself from, where does he come from? You say, but we come from 1800, from from Zulu or from Zuid or from whatever. Now where does he come from? Because everybody comes from somebody until everybody comes from Adam and Eve. And then from there we realize that we're made to be governed by God. God gave Adam and Eve dominion over the hydrosphere where the fishes are, the atmosphere where the birds are and the biosphere where the creeping things are. He gave Adam dominion over everything he made. Interestingly, he gave them power to rule over everything God made. David says in Psalms Psalms 8 that he will put everything under his feet. The interesting thing about Adam and Eve is that they were made to rule over. The issue is the what they must rule over, not the who. They are not made to rule over the who, but over the what. Meaning Adam was not made to rule over human beings, but over God's creation. So it's the what, not the who. So I tell this to men who are married. Who want to rule over women as their wives? Especially now, no, no, no. You're not made to rule over who, but over what. And that what starts with you first—the ruling over your own spirit, self-leadership, self-management. Okay. So now we're being ruled by donkeys, ruled by goats, ruled by cows. Superstition, fortune tellers, crystal gazers, palm readers—all kinds of superstition in this country. People from all over the places have come here to apply their trade of divination because we are just a free, open society that believes everything. Yeah. But we are called a, a majority Christian country. We are told this country is 79% Christian, or somebody tell us. But yet, 79% of South Africans consult witch doctors. So does it doesn't make sense because yeah. witch doctors are priests under a religion called African religion, which I'll talk about next tomorrow. So there's confusion here, and it's caused by us not understanding the difference between culture and faith. And therefore, there are people who put their faith under their culture. So the faith becomes subservient to their, to, to their culture. But culture, the important thing to understand about it is this. Now, before I finish, let me continue on the box. Now, in these boxes, there is other boxes inside. Okay. So in the box called white... There is a box for white Africans, Africana, and there's a boys box for white English. And uh, these in this box, there's been a conflict within this box, had nothing to do with black people. Absolutely nothing to do with black people. It's white people fighting with themselves. Oh, you know, they have their own issues. Got nothing to do with black people. So white African and white English have their own issues, not involving any of us who are black. They're just their own issues. You know, because of, of difference and, and conflict and such things. And then there's a box called black. Hmm. <laughs> there are definitely a lot of mini boxes in this box. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's obviously black Zulu, black Tosa, uh black Venda, black Tswana, black Sutu. You know, whatever, you know, they continue to continue. Then there's also black Zimbabwe, you know, and black Malawi, <laughs> and then so on and so on and so on and so on. And I think for some of you, some white some people think that, they see a black, they think we're all the same. No, we're all the same. We don't agree among ourselves. Sometimes we don't even like out each other. So you think, what's the problem with you? You look the same. No, we, we may look the same, but we've got our own internal issues. Within the so-called blackness, there's 3,000 tribes in Africa. but We speak about 8,000 dialects. It's the most ethnically diverse place on earth, the continent. So we've got our own tribal issues. Okay, losing their parents, and so on and so on and so on.
1: Okay,
0: you know the story. Okay. The president's in Corsa. He brings his Corsa friends to come and govern the country. Then he's, and then he steps off, and the president in Zulu, guess what he does? He goes to KZN. He brings all his buddies, and they become the ministers. So that happens. And we don't get the best person to govern the nation. We just get the tribal person to govern. So often we don't get the right, the best candidate. We just get the person from a certain tribe. Because of tribalism. So we, 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 we therefore lose. We, we, we forsake competence. At the exp- we use no, tribalism, comes at the expense of competence. It is Samora Michel, former president of Mozambique, who made a statement. He said, For a nation to live, the tribe must die. For a nation to live, the tribe must die. So there's often a conflict, therefore, between patriotism and ethnocentrism. That conflict. So to balance that, and only God can bring us harmony because we have our own competitiveness as different nations and tribes. So we have that. So now, every culture is built on a specific foundation. It's very important to understand that. Before we even address the practices in the culture, we must understand the foundation upon which that culture is built upon. Okay. So the European cultural system, which is what this culture is about, It's built on the foundation of individualism and materialism. So the European culture, the individual, defines society. But African culture, society defines the individual. So they come from two different ends. Individual defines society, and society defines the individual. In African culture, we don't really care about your opinion. We only tell you what we think. (laughs) So your individual opinion is of no significance. You're only subject to the opinions of others. Because society defines the individual. Okay? Also, one thing about European culture is this. I call it a culture of superiority. This culture, the culture of superiority. The issue of superiority is not uniquely South African. It's a European construct. The weakness of European culture is superiority. The idea that I'm superior. It's not just a South African white people issue. It's a worldwide phenomenon. So people of European descent have to be conscious in addressing superiority As Africans have to be conscious in addressing idolatry. The weakness of African culture is idolatry. So, both these cultures have weaknesses. Okay? So, now people may argue all they like, but this is how uh, the fact that you were raised that way doesn't make what you are doing right. For for, for some reason, the way we are raised that the earth is flat, we don't argue, we don't fight over that. But I was raised that way. Well, we raised it the wrong way. Get over it. You know, it's, the Earth is not flat; it's round. I mean, gonna fight? Because there's no fight about that. The Earth is not flat. We don't have to argue about that. Their parents were wrong; they can be wrong. They're human beings; they're not gods. They're not god; they're human beings. They were made; they made a mistake. The Earth is not flat. Get over it. Your parents, your father told you, you well, your father was deceived by his father, who was deceived by his father, who was deceived by his father. What is by, his father who was deceived by his... so you know better now that the Earth is round. So guess what? Move on now. So the people will say, that. but I was raised this way. But I was raised this way. You know, I was raised this way. And they don't move around. They don't, I was raised this way. Well, they raise you the wrong way. You know? So that's the issue. And as far as African culture is concerned, I'm using generic terms. as not African culture is not the same everywhere. But as far as African culture is concerned, it's built upon a, a religious foundation. And the foundation, here is materialism. Here the foundation is African traditional religion. What we call it ATR. It's built upon a superstitious belief system. In Africa, people believe in something. Anything. Just something. Don't define what it is, but believing believe in something. It's based on a belief system. That belief system that that culture is based on is a wrong belief system. Therefore, whatever influence it has upon that culture will obviously have wrong consequences. For instance, I told you, so 90% of South Africans consult with doctors. The reason for that is because African culture and African religion are so closely connected that it's difficult to tell the two apart. Even people who are Zulu, don't know when they've stepped off the boundary of culture into religion. They don't know where the boundary is. They do a ceremony on a Saturday or a practice and ceremony, and they say, it's my culture, it's my culture. Why is Saturday it like this culture? It's my culture. No, it's not your culture, it's religion. When, how do you know the difference between culture and religion? Here's the difference. When there's a fear element, I have to do this. It has crossed from culture into religion. When you feel compelled, there's a consequence. There's a, if you don't do this, if you don't do this, you have to do it. Then it's no longer just a way of life. It's a religious practice. When there's sacrifice, it's a religious practice. And so, so a lot of South Africans are believing in African religion without even knowing it. For instance... The followers of African religion are only zero point five percent, so it's a small religion. So it's, not, it's inconsequential in terms of its, its size, but its influence is vast, to the degree that we know this. That our politicians they practice these things, though they have a posture of Christianity, but in real life, when they must contest elections, they must go and do ceremonies to ancestors to strengthen their power base. That's their power base. Okay. In the, in, in, the, in in Eastern Cape in, in, in Port Elizabeth, when when the NC had its 10 rally just before um, the elections, now in the stadium there, there were Sangomas on on the on the stage, with the president of the country there. So the Sangomas and all that, and they did incense and they blew incense and all that, and they make pronunciations against the, the candidate mayor of the DA, and all that. That like, you know, they say to me like, I wish the incense would would blow him away, whatever the situation. What happened, however, is opposite. It's now the DA's winds of change that is blowing over Port Elizabeth, <laughs> over what they call the windy city. So it didn't happen. Okay? So the windy city actually blew them away and then blew the DA in. You know? So it didn't work out. <laughs> so and they believed in this. So the country itself was dedicated to ancestors in 2012. The whole country was dedicated to the dead in 2012. Now, con- there are consequences to these things. The Bible says, Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. And the Lord has been taken out of this nation because of the belief systems. So they have dedicated the whole country to ancestors. No wonder then, 43 people are being killed every single day in this country. 43 people are being killed every day. Despite the fact that we've got 200,000 police, over 400,000 private security personnel, we still can't bring down our crime rate. Why? Because our crime is not only social, it's basically spiritual. It's a, it's a product of spiritual belief system. Similarly also with European culture, with Freemasonry and the bond and all that. Much of the wealth of this country is also built in the connection with Freemasonry. And that, those spirits rule the country and continue to influence the, the spiritual atmosphere of the country. And that people will not get out of Freemasonry because it pays them to remain Freemasons. In fact, when Cecil John Rhodes was being inducted in the Freemasonry Order of the Freemason, he made a statement during his induction. He said, we, the British, are the finest race in the world. And the more places in the world we go to, the more we're able to displace the despicable races of this world. That's the statement that John Rhodes made when he was inducted. So it has elements of superiority. It's linked to Nazism, the whole idea that we're a super, more evolved race, Sometimes it's called social dualism, but others are less evolved than us. We are more of an evolved, species, more sophisticated than the rest of other creation. Okay. So it's always demonic. It's a demonic belief. Because there's no such thing as a better race. We know that. So we have these things. Now the problem is how do we do it? Firstly, I must understand culture. Culture is behavioral. It's not biologic. You don't have culture in your DNA. You have DNA like anybody's DNA. In other words, when they do blood transfusion, they don't ask if this blood is from a black person or from a white person. They just ask the type A or type B, because blood is blood. So in essence, the whole thing of my blackness is somebody else telling me I'm black. Inside of me, there's nothing black. I've got lungs, I've got lungs, I've got a heart, I've got a heart, I've got a pancreas, I've got a pancreas. I mean, there's just basic human anatomy. It's the same like everybody else. But you see how people think that, no, 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 no. You, they cannot take a, a heart of a white person and put it inside of you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 It's not going to work.
2: <laughs> so they make
0: everything superstitious. No, the heart has got the same veins and the valves, and it's, it's, it's on the left. It's, it's not white people, it's not on the right. It's not different. <laughs> it pumps blood. It's the same thing. It's the same function. But people will make it a very spiritual, superstitious dish. Well, it's such a big. That is why you know, black people don't donate body parts. No, 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 no. You don't find us wearing something that says, Take my parts when I'm dead. No, 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 we don't donate body parts. We don't donate blood, we don't donate belly parts. We want to be buried whole. Don't touch us. Leave my lungs, leave my heart, don't take anything out of me. Because of issues. And I, think, I think it's here. In, I think it's here, case then when your the government premier was saying they were running out of graves here. Was it here? Do they want to bury people on top of people or cremate? Uh, what do Zulu people say? No, you can't do that. No, no. <laughs> we want to know when we go to this grave, which ancestor are we talking to? We don't want to be confused here. We don't want to get there and there's two ancestors. No, we want to know. We're talking to grandma so-and-so here, not grandma and grandpa. No, no, no. It's <laughs> But the problem is this. Let's be practical. We don't, have enough, we don't have enough land to create grave sites. It doesn't make sense. We're competing with building archaeobionts and building graves. Which one is more important? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, brother, be careful. Be careful, brother, be careful. So they don't want to do that. So, so some of these beliefs prevent us from, from progressing as a country. So culture is behavioral, it's not biologic. It's generational, but not genetic. It's not in your genes. It's nature, not nature. It's something you've been socialized in. So whatever you learn, the a learned behavior culture. You can also unlearn. Okay. And there's the only issue that holds African cultural belief systems and practices is fear. Oh. Oh, brother, be careful. Fear. You no know, you know, people tell me, be careful be careful, be careful. be careful of what? It's something. Like, <laughs> So this oh, and I was raised, I was raised to fear everything else except God. I was raised to fear everything except God. Sangomas, Everything. Except God. Shadows, shades, sounds. I mean everything except God. I was not raised to fear God. But I was raised to fear everything else. Okay? Which is sad really. Because these things are just nothing but demons. And we've been given power over demons. But these things are connected to identity. Who are you? People tell me now, brother, you were a lost person. You're lost. You are lost. You don't know who you are, you're lost. I said, lost. Lost from what? Lost from who? You can only be lost from what owned you. Culture never owned me. Lost from what? Human beings are only lost when they're lost from God who owned them, not from something called culture. Jesus makes three parables of lost things. Lost coin, lost sheep, and lost son. Lost from the owner. Not lost from a system. So lost lost from what? I'm found. I was lost. Now the owner has found me. I'm not lost anymore. People say, you're lost. Lost from what? I am not lost. I used to be lost. Before I was a Christian. I am so found now. It's quite amazing. I am found. I walk with God. And they will try you are a lost generation. They say, so when you get married, they so say we'll never have children. You never have this. You'll never prosper. You will be sick. These things will come. Blah, 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 blah. And it'll never happen. Now I tell people, I said, guys, listen, I'm married. I've got children. I am living a fairly comfortable life. I go to I go to bed. I'm fed. I've never for for the last ten years I've been married, I've never struggled to get something to eat in my stomach. Neither have my two children. I've never scrounged around for food. It's always there. I've never asked the ancestors once for food. <laughs> once. They haven't given me a, nothing, and I haven't asked for them for me anything. And I asked the question, if African people can pray to God and ancestors, I call it dual assistance, double help. If they can pray to jewel, to ancestors and God, surely they should be the richest people on earth. But why are they the poorest? Who's failing? Who? Who's lying to who? If your ancestors, uh, uh, if it works, why are you poor? What's going on? Why are we poor? Where's the money? <laughs> where's the food? Where's the jobs? I mean, we've been slaughtering in the goats and the cows, but where's the jobs? I don't see no jobs, you know. And then I, uh, then I, then I asked them, I asked them a question, I asked the guys a question. I said, "Have you?" I said, and "The Jews, however, pray to one God. Yeah, we are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." Only pray to one God and ask him, Have you ever met a poor Jew? Oh, I said exactly. Maybe they know something you should be knowing. You never met a poor Jew. Doing well, most of the majority, but they pray only to God. So these ancestors don't work. But they are always in a bad mood. <laughs> you have never have, have, have ancestors in a good mood. They've got mood problems. They are fickle. They've got emotional issues. They have never had ancestors in a good mood. Every time you consult a witch doctor, your ancestors are angry with you. They are never happy. <laughs> now, not once. You've never had ancestors who are happy. They're always angry. They're fickle. They've got mood. They've got emotional problems. Always angry. I've never heard of ancestors happy. Not once. Your ancestors are not happy with you. Happy. When are they ever happy? They're never happy with you. That's what we are told all the time. So we must do ceremonies to try and please them, to placate them, to try and, oh, excuse me, oh, please, oh, 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 oh you know, just come down, come down. All always angry. And we are told that these ancestors are speaking to us on God's behalf. So we are told, mediating between God and us. But 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 says there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man. The number one means one. I don't know. Even If you even go to school, it doesn't matter. Just one means just one. And that person is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, the problem here is that, and I blame the church for this, we have not preached Jesus properly. We have not preached a christ authentic gospel that allows people to see properly who is Jesus. Why would you? I was teaching, interesting enough, to a clergy forum, pastors, priests and past priests, like priests from a mainline church. You now, guys come with their collars and, you know, full regalia. So I'm preaching these things. A few people are agitated. But it's, you know, I'm teaching. Then we ask questions. And they throw. Getting angry. I like it. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Because I say to people, I say to people, oh, no, not problem. We have every right to disagree here. But you never disagree with me without quoting scripture. I'm not here to argue philosophy. I'm not here to argue anthropology. I teach the Bible. Disagree with me, prove a scripture for you. Give me one scripture to consult ancestors, I'll give you ten against. Do not talk to me how you've been raised. We've all been raised somehow the hour. Show me just one verse. Priest. I know you're the priest, you teach the Bible. You're the priest, you stand on God's pulpit. So therefore show me what the Bible teaches on the subject. Not how you've been raised. Because after all, your grandfather who taught you what he taught you, he's older than God. Your grandfather, you yourself have been to the earth yesterday. God is the ancient of days So should we listen to your grandfather or to God Who's been around before your grandfather I mean it doesn't make sense to me God has been around He made your grandfather Why was your grandfather appear as if he's God If he's wrong God is never wrong Bible says let God be true and every man a liar So therefore I don't, mean, I don't care if grandfather was the president of the country Well he's not God well, oh, But he was a chief He's still not God he was, well, well, he was a king. Well, he's still not God. He is a king of kings. Yeah. So your grandfather, let him keep quiet, whatever he is. Shut down. Let's shut him up. Go listen to God, who's always right. He yeah. doesn't, doesn't correct himself. He doesn't say something I made a mistake. He's yeah. right from the beginning. He'll be right in the end. Because it's Alpha and the Omega. Okay? So people don't understand the God we are serving. So I was asking these priests. Some of them were arguing against me. And they saying, but you know, they are very clever. So this one says, but even the Bible they talk about the genealogy of Jesus, Matthew one. said, yeah, it's true. So he's talking about his ancestors. Yeah, that's true. But he doesn't say they consult ancestors. said, so, Yeah, it's true. He talk about his ancestors. Son of David. Yeah, it's true. But I said, but the Jewish pattern to trace a person's genealogy and lineage for the purposes of that person's destiny and inheritance within the tribal line, and I don't do with talking to ancestors. So Jesus had to be told and spoken to the son of David to trace his authority to, to the throne of David. Nothing to do with people praying to David. Because they you know, they take things out of context to suit whatever practice and things that they believe in. So now it's important to highlight the point. Identity is not connected to where you come from. It's connected to who made you. So, John, in the book of John 1, the Baptist, they asked him a question Who are you? Who are you? Then he says, I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet. I am not the Christ. Then, who are you? They said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. So, before John would talk about who he is, he spoke, talk about He's, he's, he's best, best he first talked about who he is not. So he had to eliminate concepts of identity that were incorrect to discover the real one. He didn't say, I'm John, the son of Zachariah, the son of Elizabeth, which he was, but he traced his identity based on his assignment. So his name, your name doesn't tell us who you are. It's just a tag we were given to respond to when somebody calls you. Who you are is much deeper than a name. Especially in our culture where we name children arbitrarily without necessarily connecting to destiny. We don't even hear from God. In Jewish culture, obviously names are connected to a person's calling and destiny. For us, my name means nothing. In fact, the degree that African culture, the, the African culture has no destiny, concept of destiny. A person is not believed to have a personal destiny. A person is seen to be an extension of his ancestral hierarchy. So you're only your who you are, the answer of who the question of who you are, you only answer that question, you are a person in relation to your ancestral hierarchy. Outside of that hierarchy, you are nobody. Okay? So your, your position must be located within the ancestral hierarchy. So there's no belief in personal destiny. Person is only an extension, again, of his ancestral hierarchy. So that's why the naming of children is largely historic rather than futuristic. So, children are named after historical occurrence because the concept of the future doesn't exist. African religion, in particular, doesn't believe in judgment, even in the child judgment. It believes that your, your actions on earth are inconsequential. They don't believe in judgment, so people can do whatever they do. They don't believe that they will be judged in heaven. That is African religion concept, which is dangerous for us as Christians. Okay, so we believe, as we sit here, that God has a destiny for each and every one of us. That's what makes us Christians. And there's a future for us that is different from our present. We can look forward to something much different than what we're experiencing today. That's why we're Christians. But African religion is a religion that continues to look backward. So people want to move, walk forward, but by looking backwards. They say, but we're moving. But we're moving. But they're looking backwards. Backwards, But they are moving. So it's always about the ancestors, the dead, this, that. The concept of the future. So we need to address that because it's keeping the country bound and the continent also bound by this belief system. So people are talking about identity as connected to ethnicity. Ethnicity, color of your skin, says nothing about who you are. It's not who you are. Because your, your skin, is the, your body is the clothes that you are wearing. You are not the body. In the Bible, Genesis 1, he made man in his image. Genesis 2, he formed the body of man. So for all intents and purposes, man is spirit. And body came in later. So man is not the body only. It's mainly the spirit inside the body. But it's all cut together, compact, not divided. But the man leaves the body in death and it decomposes. But we don't hear of man being annihilated or finishing off. He continues to live in one form or the other because his spirit. So we have to now, of we're living in such a polarized, racially polarized country, you know, black and white racism, and somebody puts something on Facebook and we're all just, you know, all crazy stuff. So we need to ask God to bring us back into, into sanity. Because I think we have gone insane. In fact, if you think of it, the issue of race was not always in the world. It just, it's a few hundred years old, the issue of race being an, an emphasis of identity. It's not always been there for thousands of years. It's mainly the few hundred years old concept of defining a person based on his race. Mainly people defined based on the continent that they lived in. Rather than the colors of their skin. So now the main thing now that defines us is the colors of our skin, rather than the fact that we come from wherever we have. We are still we still. Have, I want to stop there because I want us to take a break, and we come back, and we take questions. Thank you..